Chapter Ten of Brenda, Her School and Her Club. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Brenda, Her School and Her Club by Helen Leah Reed. Chapter Ten: A Sophomore. When Edith's brother Philip came in from college to spend Saturday and Sunday. Edith's house was apt to be a rendezvous for the other girls. Not that Philip was likely to waste much time with mere girls. Not he. He was a Harvard sophomore and realized his own importance quite as much as the girls did. But still, there was always the chance that he would come into the room just for a minute and tell them some of the latest Cambridge news. He would have scorned to call it gossip if there was any one thing in the world he hated. So he said. It was girls' talk, this jabbering about nothing. For his part, he wouldn't waste his time that way. Yet, when he had an appreciative audience, and girls generally appreciated what Philip said, he would often spend as much as half an hour talking about the fellows, how beastly it was Jim Dashaway couldn't roll on the crew, and he would grow almost enthusiastic when describing the tussle between Ned Brown and Stanley Hooper over the respective merits of Boston and New York, in which Hooper, the New Yorker, was terribly beaten. And upon my word, he concluded, I wasn't sorry, for the New York set is getting just unbearable. I wouldn't so much mind fighting Stanley Hooper myself about New York and Boston. I guess I'd show him that New York isn't the whole world. I should say not, exclaimed Nora, but Belle, who had some New York cousins, was silent. Brenda, however, noticing Belle's expression, and not feeling disposed to side completely with Nora, said, You're terribly narrow, Nora, to think that nobody's any good unless he comes from Boston. I didn't say so, replied Nora. No, but that's what you mean, and I'm surprised, Philip Blair, that a boy should be so awfully one-sided. Well, you'd better talk, Brenda Barlow, broke in Nora again. Just see the way you treat Julia. If she'd been born in Boston— I don't treat her, interrupted Brenda. No, that's just it. You don't treat her decently. Oh, I say, said Philip from his place in front of the mantelpiece, how queer girls are. Do you always fight like this when you're together? We don't fight like you boys, answered Edith, good humoredly. We don't knock each other down and run the risk of breaking one another's noses. Philip looked over his shoulder in the glass. There was nothing the matter with his own shapely nose, and I doubt that he would have run any such risk as Edith suggested. Perhaps this was the reason why Philip was not a fighter. There was one good thing about the little disputes in which Brenda and Belle indulged. They very seldom lasted long. In the present instance, the girls were ashamed of having shown temper before Philip. The latter, however, did not dwell on their weaknesses. Oh, say, did you hear about the time Will Harden had with the Dickey last week? he asked. Nora nodded. She, too, had a brother in college. What was it? asked Edith. You haven't told me, Philip. How funny you are, Edith, said Belle. You never hear anything. 
"'Hasn't anyone told you how the other fellows made him run blindfolded in his shirt-sleeves down Beacon Street?' "'No, really? Of course, really!' "'And then they led him up the steps into Mrs. Oxford's when she was giving an afternoon tea. "'And when they took the bandage off his eyes, there he was, in his shirt-sleeves, "'without his hat and his hair all tumbled, and everybody looking at him.' "'Oh!' said one girl. "'And ah!' Oh, said another and how silly they all cried together if girls amused themselves like that what fun you'd make of us said the practical nora i shouldn't think there'd be much fun in making anybody uncomfortable oh it gives a fellow a chance to show what kind of stuff he's made of explained philip whether he has good manners and whether he's clever and all that "'There must be better ways of showing bravery,' said the practical Edith. "'I don't believe you know a bit more about Will Harden's bravery than you did before.' "'We knew something about his manners.' "'What?' "'Why, when he saw where he was, he didn't run away or flunk out. "'He only looked a little sheepish,' the other fellow said. "'But he just bowed to the ladies and said politely that he was sorry to have disturbed them. "'He walked off as nice as you please.' "'Wasn't he mad at the two fellows for taking him there?' "'Of course not. That's a part of the thing. "'Why, there are fellows in Cambridge who would go through fire and water "'or stand on their heads in front of a pulpit for the sake of getting into the dicky. "'I tell you, we make some of them suffer.' "'Philip said we with a rather important air, "'although he had belonged to the illustrious organization a very short time. "'Well, I think you're perfectly horrid.' cried brenda i mean the dicky i've heard about the way you make people suffer branding them with hot cigars and making them run barefoot winter nights and doing all sorts of useless things if you went to college you'd see more use in them i'm glad girls don't go to college oh some do not girls we know i'm sure i can't tell said philip rather crossly there are a lot of girls studying in Cambridge now at the Annex, and the fellows don't like it at all. "'Well, I declare,' exclaimed Nora, "'I'd like to know what difference it makes to them.' "'Oh, they hate to see these girls going about with books and trying to get into Harvard.' "'Yes, trying to break down the walls,' said Nora sarcastically. "'Oh, see here, it would just spoil everything to have women in the classes with us.' "'Are you afraid they'd get ahead of you?' asked Edith, gently. "'Now look here, Edith. I don't want you to talk that way,' responded Philip, with brotherly authority. "'There isn't any danger of girls getting ahead of us.' "'Why, I heard,' said Nora, "'that one of the professors—' "'Oh, yes, I've heard it, too,' interrupted Philip. "'I've heard that some professors say that their annex classes do better work than ours, "'but anybody can tell that that's all rot.' "'I believe it's all perfectly true,' said Nora. "'Well, I wish myself that our English instructor hadn't such a fondness for reading themes to us that the girls have written. "'He makes out that they are better than ours, but I can't say that I see it myself.' "'Who gets the best marks?' 
"'I'm sure I can't say. "'He gives us such beastly marks "'that I dare say he makes it up with the girls. "'But I wouldn't let a sister of mine go to college,' "'he concluded, inconsequently. "'It's a good thing Edith doesn't wish to go,' said Nora, "'adding mischievously, "'But Brenda Barlow's cousin Julia is going.' "'Brenda blushed, for Julia's intention of going to college "'was still a sore point with her.' "'Does Julia wear glasses or look green? "'I beg your pardon, Brenda. "'No, she doesn't,' said Nora shortly. "'She's about the nicest girl I know. "'Oh, she is lovely,' added Edith. "'A matter of opinion,' murmured Belle, under her breath. "'You don't mean to say you haven't seen her?' cried Brenda, in surprise. "'No, I haven't happened to,' answered Philip. "'She's invited to my cooking party next week,' said Nora. "'You know that you've accepted, too, so you'll see her.' "'Oh, yes, by the way,' said Philip, "'what evening is it?' "'Friday, of course,' replied Nora, "'so we can sit up late without thinking about school the next day.' "'Well, you'll see me sure,' said Philip. "'But see here, it's five o'clock now, "'and I have an engagement downtown.' Philip hurried off, bowing in a very grown-up way to the group of girls, for whatever criticisms anyone might make about Philip's indolence and disinclination to study, no one could deny that he had very good manners. Though only about four years their senior, he seemed much older than Brenda and her friends. Years before they had all been playmates together, but his two years in college had taken him away from them, and it was not often that he condescended to spend as long a time in their presence as had been the case this afternoon. "'Do you think that Philip looks very well, Edith?' asked Belle, when he had left the room. "'Why, of course, don't you?' replied Philip's sister. "'It seems to me he was just a little pale.' "'He is always pale,' said Edith. "'Do you suppose he sits up too late?' asked Brenda. "'I'll warrant he doesn't study too much,' said Bell. "'How can you?' cried Nora. "'How can you criticize Edith's brother? "'Don't let her do it, Edith.' "'It doesn't trouble me,' answered the placid Edith. "'I know all about Philip, and he's good enough for me.' "'That's right,' said Nora. "'Always stand up for your brother. "'But I do think he might have better friends. "'He really isn't very particular.' "'Why, what do you mean?' "'Oh, I don't know exactly, but I heard my brother talking the other day. "'He says there are two or three fellows just sponging off of Philip all the time, "'and Philip is too good-natured to say anything.' "'I wonder how he'll like Julia,' said Edith. "'Oh, he won't like that kind of a girl,' hastily interposed Belle. "'Boys never like a girl who studies, especially one who is going to college.' "'Well, Julia is just the nicest girl I know,' said Nora, repeating the words she had used to Philip. "'And Philip is one of the nicest young men I know,' said Brenda politely, turning to Edith. "'But don't tell him I said so,' she added with a blush. "'Oh, no, of course not,' laughed Edith, as the girls separated for the afternoon. End of chapter 10 Read today by Deborah Knight from the state of Illinois, February 7th, 2011.